You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Star Trek, wonderful Star Trek, we're trekking to space like on wagon train. Yeah, we're back, baby. Welcome to the Star Trek Casino and Funland in Las Vegas. We got with us tonight the wonderful T.C. DeWitt bringing his sweet, mellow tunes. Hello, T.C. I'm so happy to be here. And also, backing him up, we've got Jordan. I just wanted to see Vic Fontaine live. (laughs) (laughs) And beating the skins in the back, we've got Elliot. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Chris. And let's take a look at our first song, the big, the beautiful, the wonderful, Strange New World Season 1. Oh, yeah. Hit it, kids. Yeah, man. I, I don't know why this turned into a musical episode of the show, but it was the no one idea. thing missing from this season, I suppose. Yeah, it needs a special time travel appearance by Riker just to, you know, come back with his <laughs> clarinet and show him how it's done. I am not opposed to that at all. It would be a better Riker appearance in another Trek show over than, say, Enterprise's finale. I, I'm actually happy we didn't see a single cameo from some alumni in this it's true that's one of the things that i couldn't be happier about that they didn't crowbar in brett spiner and another noonian sing uh, <laughs> yeah in, in another we do uh, have a noonian sing here though it's true we do i using the wrong <laughs> surname here but yes i'm glad that there weren't any Riker cameos or what have you i'll tell you i've been having to convince people to give this a shot because there's a lot of people who started off watching discovery who were like this just isn't for me this isn't my trek this isn't how i like it and i think the main reason because they were going for more of a cinematic one long continuing story per season type of thing like okay this doesn't work for me then there's the animated comedic lower decks are like yeah that's not i kind of want something that feels more like the classic episodic track and also they were standoffish because like oh great another prequel show and now you're kind of just remaking a thing uh recasting spock again and all these characters you're like wait hold on trust us. this one is actually the one you were hoping they were going to kind of do from the get-go right because like if you ever watched original star trek you had that guy in the wheelchair and the scarred up face who just t- answered questions with a yes or no beeping device boop, went boop Yes, yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, who was not the actor in the chair, but was representative of Christopher Pike, who was the captain of the Enterprise before Kirk. We only know that because they had all this leftover footage for a pilot they had shot with that actor Jeffrey Archer playing Commander (laughs) Pike on the ship. And they're like, we should do something with this since it costs a lot. So let's integrate it into a Star Trek episode where we're like, okay, we're flashing back to the scene during a trial called The Cage, by the way, in case you ever want to see it. But anyway, so you're like, so what was the deal with this Commander Pike guy? Well, in Discovery, they introduced Anson Mount as Commander Pike 10 years before whatever the incident is that puts 
puts him in the chair for life, you know, makes it makes him ruins his life because he goes from handsome space cowboy to boo boo. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Fans went, holy shit. I love this. Let's get a show. Yes. (laughs) So Strange New Worlds is that show with him and with Spock, because, you know, they're going with sort of the cast that we saw in that original pilot. Spock here played by Ethan Peck, actor Gregory Peck's grandson, and also uh, Mary-Kate Olsen's first on-screen kiss. I don't know why you care about that, but just what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It's the only thing I cared about, actually. I'm done. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> He's out. I'm, yeah. Then you've got Nurse Chapel here, played by Jess Bush. You've got a new character, uh, Lan Noonien Singh, who's a play by Christina Chong, who is the chief of security for the ship, who's has a complicated background, as you imagine by her name. She's a descendant of Khan Noonien Singh, but she is not a genetically enhanced individual. Mm-hmm. She also had her whole family murdered by the Gorn when she was a child. Listen, because this will be important later. Take notes. <laughs> Uhura, Nyota Uhura, uh, played by Celia Rose Gooding, which is notable because this was her first assignment. And also the most we've ever known about who this character is revealed (laughs) in one episode of the show. Like everything else together combined, like is still less than what we get in this one episode. That second episode gave us way more depth to Uhura than the entirety of TOS, both on TV and in their films. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. true. Then you have the helmsman, Erica Ortegas, played by Melissa Navia. Uh, the chief medical o- officer, Joseph Mbenga, played by Bob's... Oh, I have no idea. I'm not even going to try. Oh, Ola San Mokan. You did I think. it. I don't know. Noble effort. Noble effort. <laughs> There's the chief engineer, Hemmer, played by Bruce Horak, who is... A Andorian, but uh, a Anar, which is a subspecies that are albino and blind, but they have super enhanced all their other senses. And, and then Re- uh, telepathy. Yes. And Rebecca Romjin playing number one. So this is the basic cast of this. So and... I did get you on that. Rebecca Romain, right? Sorry? That's Rebecca Romain, right? Did Rebecca I say, Romain? what did I say? Romjin. Romjin. <laughs> Sorry. Full confession, I'm hungover. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she's a Klingon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that Romulan ale to get you every single time. <laughs> that is illegal in, in the Federation. How dare It's you? for medicinal purposes. What? Okay, yeah, okay. I meant the synth version, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, synth. <laughs> Replicators don't lie. Anyway, so this is 10 episodes on Paramount+, Plus, and unlike all the other Star Trek shows, this is not one long continuing story, although there's certainly continuing elements in it. This is episodic, like the original Star Trek shows were, which I I think is like we didn't know how much we missed it until it was gone oh, yes <laughs> uh, the continuing stories as such is we know already the main character anson mount's character pike knows from discovery we saw he has a flash forward where he sees what's gonna happen to him but also knows that it happens because he saves a whole bunch of people so it's kind of like a there's got to be a way out of this right mm-hmm. so that's a running story another running story is the Gorn, who is like, if you remember the lizard guy that Kirk fought, you know, who's holding up the rock in the original show that looked really corny. One of the greatest Star Trek fight scenes ever put to film. Clearly that Gorn was like geriatric. 
Yeah, it something. had to be a very old Gorn. <laughs> it's like a very no, old, stiff you? Gorn. Because in here, they're like the xenomorphs. Yeah, they're so badass that they can't even show them to yeah. us. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. This show with the Gorn have truly reinvented them. Like, in hindsight now, you mentioned that infamous fight between... Kirk and the Gorn in TOS. In retrospect now, that is the most courageous and badass thing James <laughs> yeah. T. Kirk has ever done because episodes four and nine, the first one is like the hunt for Red October mixed with alien, whereas episode nine is full up aliens yes. with the Gorn. Yes. And they legitimately are frightening. Yeah, they I like that they whenever they deal with them, it's always kind of somewhere bits of alien, bits of aliens and bits of the thing sort of crossed over. Yes. They go full horror the second time. You're like, "Whoa, this is fucked up." I mean, we still haven't seen an adult one. We've only mm-hmm. seen a baby and they're like fucking velociraptors. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we got a good enough glimpse from like the wrecked ship. Yes. Uh, There's, of course, a lot of standalone stories as well. There's stuff with Spock where he, at this point in his history, is engaged. And they kind of have off again, on again, like miscommunications. I think she's a little frustrated he's with Starfleet because every time they're about to take their relationship seriously, he's like, gotta go. The boss is calling. (laughs) He does get literally cock blocked in the pilot. And then, of course, you can tell that Nurse Chapel really wants mm-hmm. to throw down with mm-hmm. Spock, no question. Mm-hmm. You know, but who wouldn't? He's Spock. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> also, who wouldn't want to throw down with Nurse with Chapel? Chapel? Come on, yeah, Spock. Like, hey, hey, oh, my God. If, uh, if Spock won't have you. <laughs> they have actually given her some, like, good backstory. It's like, she was just another woman in TOS. Now she's like, you're fucking cool. <laughs> she's great. She's but great. lest you think that this is just those few storylines... Oh, don't worry. This is just like Next Generation or something in the sense that they also throw in a completely goofy throwaway episode where everyone can just have fun as well in a fantasy setting. We just wrapped <laughs> up doing a version of Camelot or something, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't have enough in the budget for like yeah. more Gorn costumes or something. So here, you know, figure out a medieval episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun throwaway episode and it, it felt like more of an homage to sort of broken holodeck episodes while still yes, being its own yes. thing. but. Th- then it really twists you at the end with this just I, I don't want to say too much, but there's something that happens at the end of that episode. It's episode eight that really made it one of my favorite episodes of the season. They found a very good use of the doctor, right? He had been very low key, very underutilized for the most part, just as a supporting staff member, and to give him an episode that yeah, as silly as it is, even just the first revelation of this weirdness happened to him going what right and it's the delivery of it and his comprehension of it but that's the compliment to the show and that uh that that episode being about the doctor one of the greatest things that this show is doing that the other treks are just not isn't just that these are singular episodes they stand alone they give the pov to one character at a time so we don't always have the captain into every scenario narrating the show from every step of the way like discovery does no we get the opening log by who our central point character is going to be for the episode and they hand that off nicely almost like lost where lost would hand off the show to characters trek does a great job here of handing this show off episode by episode to a character and letting them be the center. Yeah. 
And with such a big ensemble show, it's really nice to like get a chance to actually know these people. Yeah. And you know, it's only ten episodes, so we haven't gotten to everybody yet. They'll I, they'll get their shot. One of the biggest reasons I absolutely adore this show, aside from like, yes, it this is Star Trek. Is like you already feel so lived in with this crew, not just Pike, Spock, and. Una, because we saw them on Discovery, but like just the whole cast, you just get to know them so well, so fast. It's like, I love everyone here. It is absolutely amazing. And one thing I especially love about this show, and particularly because of Star Trek, it's like on two ends of a very fucked up spectrum, this and the boys are the most politically and socially relevant shows on TV at the moment in vastly different ways. But still, like the first episode where you see footage of the Capitol riots being used to be like, uh, yeah, that was us, and that's going to be you if you don't get your shit together. Yeah, it starts doing just that. You want this future? Because you're not going to get this future Yeah, you keep this shit up. <laughs> should have cut in some of the bell riots with that footage. Right? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Might Only as a couple well years have. away, folks. <laughs> they do a good job, though, of that social commentary. You're right, Jordan, in how they piecemeal it in very subtly while heavy at the same time, but not bashing you over the head. The commentary in something like Discovery is usually throttling the audience. And it's like, all right, I get it. Whereas Trek has always had a good job of talking about social issues and cultural issues with a gentle hand even when it feels heavy-handed they've always balanced it really nicely and this show does that really well and one way i did like it is because yes i'm gonna bring up episode seven the serene squaw because it introduces angel played by jesse james Keitel, who is a transgender non-binary actress who just owns the screen she is Fantastic. And even pointed out herself the complicated history that trans people have had in the media and how, honestly, it was kind of cool for me seeing a trans person play such a morally gray, villainous character. And it helps that she was really fucking good and how she brought up her own things about gender because uh, the character spotlight in that episode was on Spock, who was having problems reconciling his human side and his Vulcan side because of where he is and also how his fiance Tapring does run essentially like a rehabilitation camp on Vulcan just to be like, no, fuck that. We're going to get those emotions and logic out of you. Also, it's Spock, and that's literally his main storyline throughout all iterations of Spock. Y yes, but but again, I appre I appreciated this new wrinkle, and not just that, but you know, fervor, good representation of trans people. Mm -hmm. All right, I will take sure. whatever I get. I had no idea she was trans until I saw you like flipping out and getting like crazy excited head exploding on on Facebook, Jordan. <laughs> I was like, huh, what? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Every episode has its own flavor, and what what's interesting here as well is that most of the like storylines it does introduce that aren't resolved, they resolve. Like the doctor storyline with this child, you're like, this feels like something's going to be going on for a while. Mm -hmm. And psh, mm -hmm. nope. Or the storyline of Anson Mount going. 
like, well, I don't know. I've got to find a way out of this whole me being crippled thing in the future. Nope, nope. they resolve it mm-hmm. in the last episode of the season. You're like, sorry. Oh, that finale was brilliant. Uh, yeah, and the finale, which is, and the, I don't really want to spoil anything specifically, except it is a remix of one of the most like respected and beloved episodes in the original series. Balance of Terror, right? Balance of Terror. Sort of like a reverse of Wonderful uh, Life. It's a wonderful life. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like instead of going to the past, let's go to the future and look at what would happen if you didn't do things the right way. These score pieces from that original show. The first time we see Spock cocking eyebrows in that episode. Like they do some <laughs> great throwbacks without it feeling overly fan service Even the old age makeup on uh, Old Pike is like straight out of the 60s, just kind of like a little bit shadowy. and mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. It was great makeup on him, aside from the amounts of hair gel holding up that admittedly magnificent mane on his head. Beautiful, beautiful hair. God, he's handsome. I mean, honestly, I'd say he's a certified <laughs> space daddy, especially rocking up in the Mar- Monster Maroon uniform. Yeah, I love it when he's got the, the apron on cooking for the whole crew. I'm like, space dad! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, an actual, cool, very positive, masculine role model on TV right now. Awesome. I mean, what about Butcher from The Boys? <laughs> uh, oh, like she uh, said, sh- like she said, opposite sides of the spectrum. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, Butcher's a good role model, but in other ways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think this has got a great cast. I pretty much like everybody, although there's few characters I hope they get more of a chance to explore. Like, I don't feel like the helmsman Ortegas really got has gotten, we've gotten too deep into her yet, number one. Mm-hmm. Well, they set up for the next season. We're definitely going to be taking a lot closer look at her and her life. And yes, indeed, this spends more time with Anson Mount and Ethan Peck as Pike and Spock than with anybody else. But still, there's a lot of great performances across the board. A lot of great guest stars appear on this. There's just so much room for them to play in here. And I wouldn't, you wouldn't think, like, I remember with Enterprise going, I don't know how they're going to make this work because there's like, we already know how things go and they just kind of dive around the things that will happen in a way to make it where it doesn't change anything. And they did a good job, but like fill in those gaps in an exciting way. So this is kind of the ground that this has to negotiate, but having seen what, how Enterprise pulled it off and knowing where we are between Enterprise and between the original series, I'm going, yeah, there's actually a lot of shit they could still do and play with, especially now setting up, like like we said, the Gorn as basically the Xenomorphs from Alien, yeah, yeah. like as a big bad, like, whoa, that's cool. I'd like to see like a place where all the Borg have, are just dead because the, the Gorn just wiped devastated. them out. <laughs> I actually would love that. You know what? Fuck Alien versus Predator. Give me Gorn versus Borg. I will yeah. be right there on opening goddamn day. And I do agree, Chris. Like, Enterprise started to get its shit together, didn't shit the bed. This, I feel like, has its head on straight right from the start. And it's just amazing. And also, I know I've never been the biggest Kirk fan was like, you know, I could still find some merit in. I was like, no, you're going further down to ranking because Pike is winning my heart. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll say that's one thing. So uh, Kirk's brother, Sam, plays a sort of minor character. Yeah, that was a great misdirect in the pilot. He's not one of the primary staff, but he's in a few episodes. And we do eventually see Kirk himself, a younger Kirk. 
And that's one of my only real moments where I went, mm, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, Paul Wesley. I wasn't too hot on him in the finale as Kirk. I just like, he's just a bit too dry. I'm just not finding him exciting. But towards the end, he was sort of convincing me. Now I feel like you're getting I'm it. just saying, I just watched Stranger Things where they de-aged Eleven by like, you know, a bunch of years. And Shatner's still alive. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we still want Shatner? We always yes. want Shatner. Uh, always want Shatner. Don't even. Can you de-bloat somebody, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go to final thoughts. Elliot, why don't you get us started? Yeah, I've kind of been on the wrong side of getting excited about Trek shows. Like, I was excited for Discovery and then kind of just did not like that because of... I mean, I, want, I love a sort of, like, running narrative Star Trek. I just... The story wasn't there for me. And even more so with Picard. And I kind of was skeptical of Lower Decks because it was animated and that ended up being one of my favorite things. And same with this. Chris, like you said, I was afraid that given all we know about these characters and this timeline in Star Trek, it's it's like, where are the stakes? What do we do with these characters? But this is probably my favorite of the new Trek shows and probably the best first season of any Star Trek, at least live action Star Trek. I think this season might be better than TOS as a whole, I think there are moments in TOS with characters that are better than some stuff here, but this is really, really good. I love all the characters. I wish we'd gotten to talk about Ortegas more. She's really great. She is a little underutilized, but even still, she shines in every moment she's in there. Mm -hmm. There is a moment in, uh, which one was it? Yeah, they go on shore leave in an episode, and number one and La'an sort of spend the whole episode just doing hijinks, which was, it was just a beautiful piece of, of uh, character development for both of them. Yeah, I loved it. Given what happens later in the show, we might not get so much more of those hijinks. I, I really, really love this show. Uh, it, it's the thing I've been looking forward to most every week. I thought Hammer was a really great addition to the cast. Hope we get to see more of him next season. This feels like Star Trek really kind of taking the gloves off or at least having fun. Something that happened early on in Discovery was they really canonized that original pilot, The Cage. There was one episode where it was like a previously on Star Trek and it was a very sort of goofy retro like last time on Star Trek and they just showed you clips of The Cage. I remember seeing that and going, okay, Star Trek is really just kind of embracing what it is, especially from the TOS era, that sort of goofiness. And I think this is too, but you also get that Gorn stuff that is more modern or at least more... It's less goofy. It feels a little bit more like something out of TNG. Yeah, I love this. This is this is so great. Jordan, like you said, I think Pike is pushing down Kirk in my rankings of captains. I think Anson Mounts Pike is probably my third favorite captain after uh, Cisco and... Um, uh, Picard? Uh, Picard, thank you. I mean, even <laughs> if you're not really a Star Trek person, like if you don't know much about Star Trek, I think this is still a pretty good show for you because it stands on its own. I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 badass corn chips. <laughs> hmm. Jordan? I absolutely love this show. I'm just going to give a spoiler alert. This is most likely going to end up being my favorite TV show of 2022. I fucking loved this show to death. It's That's a absolutely... spoiler for your favorites? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone yes. who's actively following Jordan's favorites, don't tell them yet! <laughs> anyway, I just absolutely love this show. It does feel like 
absolute old school yet new school track. The cast is amazing. The stories are so good that range from absolute horror to social commentary to I really can't say much more. The performances were great and the ways it adds and deepens Trek lore and mythology is exceptional. I was automatically begging for more at the end of the finale. I cannot recommend this enough. Not even to Trek fans. It, like Elliot said, like anyone can enjoy this. They'll come in cold and leave excited and happy. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 children's books offered by one Benny Russell. <laughs> TC? There have been many attempts to relaunch franchises and properties, some for good and some for ill, and often what makes what many consider bad relaunches has a lot to do with not just respecting or disrespecting the source material, but understanding it. How much can you strip away from a beloved thing before it stops being that thing? Star Wars, Superman, Batman, even Star Trek have all rebooted in the recent decade or so, and the divisiveness of all those properties says a lot. It seems more often than not that the division is between what longtime fans think the property should be and what newer fans want to see with modern reinterpretations. Fan service is a very dangerous thing. If it's too much, it ostracizes new fans. And if it's not enough or if it's the shallowest of fan services, then the thing rings disingenuous and it's riddled with member berries <laughs> star trek is a very specific kind of sci-fi a very specific kind of show and fan base and barely anyone has been able to harness the dilithium it has to make something truly special that belongs alongside what made it so great to begin with it's not been in the hands of people who understand what it should and should not be Strange New World Season 1 is the best Star Trek I have seen since the end of Deep Space Nine. This show is a perfect balance of everything Trek has always been at its core while finding just the right way to modernize it without going full tilt into absurd action sci-fi garbage. This show is exciting and interesting and sweet and funny and philosophical and just the right sprinkling of TOS and TNG camp. The characterizations are outstanding, the pace of the editing and the movements of the show is perfect. As a Trek fan, I'm overjoyed, but apropos of Star Trek, I'm gonna agree with my friends here, this stands as a great show, a great series. It's carefully constructed, and every episode is focused tightly and designed to have the lore and the characters and the world building while absolutely being able to stand alone. You can just pop on an episode to show someone that you think might like the type of episode it's going to be, and you could hook them. For all attempts to re-engage Star Trek fans and even more to bring in new fans, this, above all else, is a perfect show to start someone off on this franchise. And I'm giving Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 10 out of 10 Scottish Chief Engineers. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're actually going to introduce the Scotty at some yeah, point here because yeah, yeah. we hear him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot to add, so I'm not going to. We all pretty much covered it. This is great stuff. I love it to pieces. Uh, it's 
near perfectly cast. In fact, it ends up with a 0.5 less than a perfect score for me because of that aforementioned not, I I thought, very disappointing casting. But that's in one episode, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I can't wait for more. Uh, In fact, that's why I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 Pon far episodes I'm really excited yeah. to see in the future. <laughs> <laughs> see, I got so excited hearing that battle of music and Spock Amok. I was just like Yeah, I think we all got a little excited. I yes. mean I'm not yeah. saying I had to change my pants, I'm saying I chose to. <laughs> also, Nurse Chapel, please ruin me. Yep. 